have a story that you are asking because you would want like a documentary made about possibility management. That's the story that came to me. And so what came to me to share was that one of my very good friends is like one of the CEO people of Netflix. So I always have that little connection, but it's, I've never had anyone be like, Oh, here's this project. Did you bring it to them? So look, here's this project. (laughs) Did you bring it to them? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely open to that. Culture. And the only thing between us and a possible future is Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the bottom of this sort of 650 websites to the minds of their script writers and scene writers and just blow their minds out. We have videos and logos and we have a lot of background, you know, total inspiration for them. So if you need more, you know, write to me a little note in Telegram and I'll, but, but just, I think you get the idea and you pick it up immediately. So the answer is yes. Like Michelle Portner said, he was right as usual. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's time. It is time. Good. Anybody anybody else have answers? Like Beth had an answer, Mikael had an answer, anybody and Marina had an answer. Anybody else? Mark anybody else? All right then. We are dedicated to a space, and the the spaces established by this article that Anne Chloe spoke out and I wrote down and edited into an article, and it's called Beyond Repair, and we wanted to read it together so we had time to unfold the the poignant parts the touching parts, the troublesome parts, and bring it to life so we could make use of all that group intelligence. So does anybody need to say anything before we start? I I feel fear. What? I feel fear. (laughs) That's good. God. That is really good news. And that is an answer to a lot of questions. So keep that answer around. Michael, are you going to say something? Just that I feel sad that there's so few men in the space. You think it would help if there were more men? Apparently, I'm under the assumption, yes. Okay. That's the second time you did yes. So we're going to see what the third time is. Probably won't take long. I just feel glad about it. I propose we begin. What? I also want to say I feel fear about the level of clarity in the space. Just wait till we get started. We are just sharpening the, the knives now. It's just like just barely getting started. That's good. You know, if you let the clarity in, it'll pave a, a new road for you, and it will it will be a, a road that leads into new territory. 
And if walking into new territory is not interesting for you, you better get off this call really fast. Does that help? I notice you're still on the call, so that should tell you something about yourself. In the early 21st century, most human beings are born into a culture best described as capitalist, patriarchal empire, which means that much of your being, each of our beings, is left unborn because the culture, modern culture, only desires to have your physical body born and your mind born so they can send that combination to school. This this leaves you uneducated and inexperienced. You're unresponsible, like unable to be responsible in terms of what is possible to in feeling, communicating, relating, sensing, connecting, discovering, co-creating, and love to name a few things. So we're, we're, we're entering the playing field severely handicapped because we were born in this capitalist patriarchal empire. And I mean, to say that one would have to be able to imagine that one could be born into a completely different environment that would call forth your potential that would and that would <clears throat> ignite your re, your your reason for being alive and and I'm you know I think we mentioned uh, this word that we learned here in Bali called taxu taxu which is your nax it is your hidden well not so hidden but it's your natural inborn nax and so. You know, a culture could be centered on unfolding your knacks, each person's knacks, and having them blossom and create together and come out and be shared and empowering discovery and all that. A culture could be based on that. So in order to say what we just said here, that this is missing, one would have to imagine that it would be possible. So give yourself the give yourself the benefit of granting that you can imagine a different culture. And and it's scary indeed to imagine something different from what's happening right now because you might want to create it. You might prefer it. You might have a preference for what's not here. And then then that that will just throw you onto a path of, of being responsible for creating what's not here. So to be able to see what's not here and create what not, what's not here involves a whole different set of skills than we ever learned in school or any kind of training program for, for our ordinary jobs. And those skills are, I mean, one could just classify them in the domain of magic, being able to see what's not here and create what's not here you know, to create something out of nothing is magic. And so we could, 
we are actually, I mean, we're living together in a culture centered on magic and the, in that, in the, de- in that definition, it's not like magical thinking. Magical thinking is not connected to reality. And we're using our compass of reality, which is the name of a website you might want to check out, but it's like, you have a compass of reality that needs to be calibrated. And there's many different ways to calibrate your compass of reality, but the value of that is the closer you are to reality, the closer your moves cause valuable results. And this is, those details are what allow you to do magic, what looks like magic, which is to bring forth something that does not yet exist into practical reality and workability. And possibility management is oriented towards that. Actually not oriented towards emotional healing processes. That's just stuff we have to do to begin entering the domain of possibility management. But possibility management is about creation. <clears throat> I'm sh- I've shocked myself. I think I shocked myself a few days ago realizing that that it's it takes time I think in our matrix to realize this conversation about culture and that it is so it's like we're so hypnotized into the patriarchy is the only thing that exists or something like that and that one of the ways to engage with it is I have my life and I have the way I relate with my parents and with my friends and with my partner and with my children. And I'm learning these new skills or new distinction from possibility management. And I'm going to try to include those in my life. I see your hand, Marian. I just want to finish what I'm saying. And and then if I include them, then to, it would be our, it would be a different culture, something like that. That if I include those distinctions, then I would change culture. And I think what the shock that I got a few days ago is that that's not the case. That I would still try to be in modern culture and try to improve my communication. We're trying to improve, like be a better version of myself or have a better life or that there would be some, like I have more space to breathe or, and, but then what happens is I think very quickly a fight, a a real fight, like an inner fight, but also a fight with the external environment, you know, relating environment that will not allow it, that will not allow it. And and then your only option is to, is a form of pressure. It's like, will not allow what? The environment will not allow new forms of communications or new forms of relating new forms of love or new creations. And then there's this inner war and it, your the technology that is often, okay, I'm going to f- force myself or I'm going to pressure myself or I'm going to pressure my environment to, sh- to take the shape that I wanted to take because I've experienced that in labs or in a study group or in emotional healing processes I have that experience. So I'm going to manipulate, like force the space. 
And this war is exhausting because it's still like un, unconsciously, it's still trying to change the patriarchy. It's trying to make patriarchy better, trying to heal modern culture. In, and Michael mm-hmm. Portner wrote an article called Patriarchy is Working Perfectly. And it, it just explains that. And so it's. Actually, Jeff wrote that, but just okay. for the clarity, Jeff wrote that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we've, I think we've, in the article might talk about this, but it's the this power of cavitating, to cavitate a completely different new culture space. And the scary thing about that is that you don't know how it goes. We don't know how it goes. Nobody knows how that new culture space goes. And it's really entering this void. And that's where the magic skills seems relevant. The creation skills. It's we have nothing. How do I say hello? Like which part of me says hello? How do I, you know, how do I decide? What do I? De- how do I decide? So Sophia, for example, is making is holding space for a work talk about choosing. How do I choose if I'm not choosing from the point of origin of the patriarchy, which is a form, it's manipulation and try to please and being adaptive, and there's all these, there's all these forces at work within the culture that says this is how you choose, and if you if you move into a different culture. And you don't know how it goes. You don't, there's no external um, standards. There's no, ex- that will say, this is how you choose. These are the, the road sign about how you choose or how you love or how you connect. And and so that could be a, like a, a detector in your life is, are you trying to force what you've learned into the culture that you know, or, or are you entering a culture where you have, new skills but these are not external pressures they're they're a compass they're they're a compass inside of noticing is this living or survival for example is this um feeding my being or is this low drama let's and, say and those new skills do not fit into what you already know they just don't and being okay with that and because there's huge amounts of p- potential for human beings that human beings don't yet know about because if we li- because we limit ourselves to what's known in the culture we were born and raised in. And I think all of us know this. I think all of us try to hide from it, actually. We try to hide from the fact that we know and see and hear and feel and can do stuff that modern culture doesn't have an allowance for, does not permit. And so in order to not be um, labeled as being a weird or a witch or a nutcase or something and sent away, we hide it. We hide our knacks and we hide our intuitions and we hide our insights and revelations and our powers and our capacities. And I think there's a reason why there's a rash right now all over television and video movies of of people with superpowers because you see a human being and then you see them do a superpower and you know it's just computer graphics but at the same time we do have superpowers we there's ways that we connect and um, cause things to happen or avoid things from happening 
that we're ongoingly involved in that we don't talk about because we don't have distinctions about it or words about it or permission. I think we don't mostly have permission to talk about it. And so one of the things that happens in archiarchy is we have permission to talk about all these things. And we have to invent vocabulary sometimes or distinctions to talk about them. Was there a question? Yeah, Marianne. Marianne, go ahead. Just one logistical question. Every minute there's missing out your your phone, your, your voice for three to five seconds. Is it the same for for everybody else? No? Okay. Then it's my no. okay. Thank you. Thanks for checking. I'm gonna read the next paragraph. <clears throat> and it's a preparatory paragraph. It's kind of a frame setting paragraph for what comes afterwards. It says the following paragraphs are filled with links to websites in the startover.xyz cloud of more than 600 interlinked websites. The reason for the links is if you find yourself feeling angry or scared, puzzled by any of these ideas that we'll be going through, it, it could signal that you have discovered some kind of X on the map for yourself. Like you've hit something. You've hit a gap. You've hit resistance. You've hit old decisions. You've hit fears. And this stuff comes up. So that could be a place where further clarity and experimentation might prove to be extremely fruitful for you. And the suggested websites that are linked in as we go along are, are being filled in with context building distinctions and valuable experiments to try, which are, have been extracted from thoughtware from archiarchy, which is the regenerative human culture that is rapidly emerging around the world now that matriarchy and patriarchy have run their course. I just want to pause there for a second because that's really a bold thing to say. And I keep saying it because I find it to be the case, but it, it might be, it, this is not to, meant to be sound bites or word babble. You know, it's not meant to be that. If you've seen it before, heard it before, I encourage you to think about it each time. Because if you understand, if you've researched matriarchy and patriarchy, you know, they have their age. They have their time span. They have a purpose and a function. And they're not wrong or bad or stupid. It's just the evolution of culture given free will. And that's what Gaia has given human beings is free will. And so there's this exploration that we've done as a group, essentially, this kind of status quo research of an unconscious evolution of culture you know, in these moments where, for example, the Magna Carta in 1208 or whatever was signed in Europe somewhere to declare a rule of law of Western civilization as a game world codex, which is ne was never done before then. So that's taken as a, a step, stepping stone along the evolution of culture as, it, as it's evolving. You know, and so, okay, we've made a few more steps since then. And it's, they're not, uh, they haven't been generally accepted yet, but they still exist. So these, this culture that's rapidly emerging beyond 
the termination of patriarchy, which has already terminated itself. Patriarchy's in free fall. Its, its legitimacy is gone. And so these distinctions, what we're working on comes from the next culture, comes from archiarchy. And it, the culture is regenerative and it's initiation centered. And so do not be surprised if emotions might arise while you're reading this article or any of the linked websites. And we suggest not to hesitate to write down your emotion and its trigger in the back pages of your beat book, and then to do the associated emotional healing process at your earliest convenience. So this has been a recommendation for reading this article. Any questions or anything so far? I think you guys all know this stuff. I have to count to 10 in my head when I ask a question like that, because there's men in this space. You know, and a woman could answer like this, but a man, he needs 10 seconds at least to think about if he has any questions about this. I'm at eight right now. Alrighty then. This co-written article between and Chloe and myself can serve you as a handbook for spiraling upwards into domains of relating that are more refined than the options for relating that are offered by ordinary modern culture, meaning probably not demonstrated by your parents or your aunts and uncles and stuff. Options that were not offered by demonstrations that you've seen from your friends and relatives. This handbook is written as guidelines and hints for a woman to create arc in relating. For the man, there are no guidelines, at least in this article. How can you give instructions for someone to walk into the propeller blades? So this is a metaphor. Walking into propeller blades, you want to see that? You have to watch Indiana Jones number three or one or where one of the bad guys walks into propeller, propeller one, number one, thank you. <laughs> and teamwork here. And, uh, and you just, you know, they don't show it actually happen. All you see is blood flying everywhere, splattering everywhere, because essentially uh, it instantly changes you into hamburger. And well, what do they call it in French? Raw meat? What's it called? That's raw beef? What do you call that? Um, ethno? There's no. other French-speaking people here. Tartar. Tartar. That's right. You walk into the helicopter blades or propeller blades, you get changed into steak tartar. All right. So, and so, okay. What instructions do you need? You know, just take the next step and it's over. Okay. The directions are simple. If your current life, if your current relating life, if I'm talking to the man, and it's hard for a man to come to this realization, but if, you're, if your current relating life sucks enough, then walking into the propeller blades of a woman holding space for radical relating in the context of archiarchy is a gift. It is a real, how do you say it? It's a miracle. And, and 
Yeah. So then your next incarnation as a man on earth emerges all by itself. The thing that you brought forward was was turned to state tartar right before your eyes. Has no function anymore. You're a lucky man. Now then you have some other possibility. No propeller blades. If you don't walk into the propeller blades, it means you don't get a new beginning. No new beginning for you. And so those are the instructions for the men is let your shields down and and go through the propeller blades. Often is this, or some I've heard this conversation where men come with this fear saying, I'm afraid that the woman is trying to kill me. And so I, I think Clinton wrote a spark about this of you can be kill and not die. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a spark about this. I'm, I was proposing a different approach for, and this I think is useful for both men and women is. It's like you can be changed into steak tartare, but people have to pay a lot for that. <laughs> so it's valuable. That's a different approach. A, a different approach is that when, the, when a, a man comes up and in the face of the propeller blades of a woman and says, I'm afraid you're trying to kill me. Your answer could be yes. Your answer is yes. And you're not paying enough. I'm telling that. This is what I'm trying to do because your choice right now is death by patriarchy or death by archaearchy. Can you explain that? Which is death by patriarchy is, it is a suicidal path. Patriarchy is a suicidal path. And, you know, at a global collective level, obviously, but also at an individual path for men in terms of the the loss, the loss of your heart, the loss of your being, the loss of what you want, you know, what what you came here on earth for, your loss of your sensitivity, of your voice, of your magic skill. It's all lost. It's all really has been completely ignored. It's not even ignored. It's just left behind. You had to leave it behind to enter the patriarchy. It's been suffocated in a vacuum. Mm. And so, so, so that's it. Patriarchy is is killing you, but not the you that you think you are, probably. And then, when the propeller blade comes and changes you into steak tartare, it feels God, the thing that I gave all my life to, mm-hmm. the thing that I I worked on, I I sacrificed everything, I relied on. She's trying to kill this. And I will not, and, and that thing will fight back. The thing will try to fight back. And I, that's all I have. That is all I have. If you try to take it, you know, all my gremlin strategy, and I think that's part of the article, all the gremlin strategy will try to come out and find, and, and find any way to instill any kind of doubt and, uh, you know, kill the woman, like kill the propeller blade. So if you can destroy the propeller blade, then you don't, then the thing doesn't have to die. And so this thing, you know, I, maybe it would be useful to find a, a word for it because it's not a man and it's not you. And, and so it would be useful to find a name for it so that you could, we could talk about it in a way. 
but it's like the show or the, the yeah the survival fake identity yeah the fake identity that so that's what's going through the propeller blade not actually you i have a question what do you exactly mean by the metaphor of the propeller blade can you make an example she just come on no she was there the whole for the if a man comes to a woman the man says hello and the woman says you're not even there to say hello to me you're giving me three percent of your attention 17 of your attention is over on that other woman's crotch And 23% of your attention is on the pornographic video you watched last night. 18% of your attention is trying to suppress your fear of even being present enough to say hello to me. And 18% of your attention is, is in the, the top drawer of your mother's dresser in her bedroom because she still has your balls. You have not taken your balls back from your mother. So if she says that, After a man says hello, that would be an example of the propeller blades. Radical relating. Is that clear? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, if I would say some, I thought, I... A confusion about If this. I say something like that, that just feels like an attack and just it's getting, I, I go into war. No, you wouldn't, because it's the propeller blades. It feels like an attack, but it's not, it's not lying. It's not, it's just what's going on. Look, your confusion about this is not my problem. I am not confused about this. I encourage you to figure out why you are confused about this. It could be useful for you. Our, this space is not going to go into rescuing you from your confusion. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. But it's no, important. no, actually not. I don't know how should I how should how do you know that that not this is gremlin strategy or something else like bullshit that I'm just creating about the man because I do have I do have like so many stories about patriarchal bullshit in my head. How I mean, it's just, yeah. Is there somebody here in the team who feels resonant and would like to participate in her in her process about this? Is there anybody who feels connected to that who could provide some support in that? Beth. Yeah. One of yeah them? now or yeah no, no, now no. or yeah no. another time. Yeah, okay. but Beth and who anybody else would be great if there was at least one more person. Anybody else feel called to that? I mean, if I can say something, the the confusion is a racket for anger. And so this is where you you'd start, Lena, is the anger will clear out the voices and the contamination, this patriarchal contamination that you were talking about of trying to take revenge and make war and make men stupid and 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 that's all gremlin 
but there's real rage behind it. There's real outrage. There's real, I mean, there's real mm. grief, but first is really rage. And it's, it will, it's, this is not a, having a clarifying, this is not a distinction conversation, something like that. There's, there's a, there's a process. And so I think there's a couple, or at least one more woman who could go into this unlocking this rage. And you can, would somebody can do that? Yeah. Okay. Ethno, great. Yeah. Ethne and, and Beth. Well, That's a team. great team. Yeah. So on the, whatever, on the platform, whatever, just arrange a time to come together and re- next week report back. Okay. How that, how that goes. That'd be really great. Lena, that was okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Good. Anything else about where we are right now? Meredith. Something really landed in me when you said, landed the distinction about why it's not an attack because it's not lying. Like, it's not about lying. And I'm wondering about, yeah, what other thing? Because this is, this is the thing I'm really grappling with. Like, okay, well, I'm, I don't see this as an attack. So it's not lying. It's not, what else? <laughs> It's about purpose, Meredith. Lying has a purpose, is a shadow purpose. Trying to create, you know, it's trying to create low drama, create separation or righteousness. Lying would have this, like being trying to be righteous. And and so it's, so all, all of this, trying to be righteous, trying to manipulate, trying to have them change, even trying to saying that with the purpose of them changing would be, low drama would you filled with expectation and resentment and then you're hooked and so and uh, and you know the other what it is is to say what is so everything that is not saying what is is not the thing does that help yes thank you (laughs) Yeah, so it's a huge invitation to take radical responsibility for being closer connected to what is, like in Chloe's saying, to being right there. And I'm go ahead. About about what is, I made this star recently about this process that's called the, the V process or this V practice. And I, I want to mention it. For also it so it's in the recording of the study group is and it is what you were talking about Meredith about where am I off reality that's the question where am I off what is just what is and I think women have a in a in a in a have a visceral sense of what is but have created all these survival strategy to take them off what is for example doubting themselves yeah. And so when you, so that's doubting yourself is one side of the V, which is, I'm not sure, I don't know, I have nothing to say, uh, I'm crazy, I have nothing, I'm not valuable. That's, and that's getting yourself off of reality, of what is, of your value, of what you are. 
And reality in this V is at the bottom, it's at the bottom, it's at the point of the V. And you can imagine it as a pinball machine where you're the ball in the pinball machine and the ball naturally wants, is attracted by what is, it's attracted by reality. It's attracted to go down and, you know, sit in reality, but, and you have to, you force it to go up. You have all these strategies to push it off reality. And these are survival strategy. They're, you know, gremlin technologies, their, their box reaction, their um, emotional reactivity. And the, but the other side, so there's this doubting and, and not wanting to say anything. And the other side of the V is this performing, is putting on the show, is putting on the extra thing. And, and so it's also putting on the smile, like being nice and being polite or being understanding or, or try to do it right or trying to like have mm, engaging in a conversation where it's meant and if you try to do it right, you are off reality. If you try to do it in a way that it, you know, it's not an attack and it's not lying and it's not, but I, but you know, all these intellectual consideration, you are performing. And so the practice is to notice even when you're one, like one degree off reality, because there you have no power. You have no power if you're not in what is like with yourself and with the other person, with your environment. And to, to notice, okay, am I in the performing pressure side or am I in the giving up, you know, giving up like, and, yeah, and criticizing and self-doubt. Yeah, and hiding. Yeah, playing small. Also playing indifferent, like not pretending to not care. Like all these, and to notice, okay, I'm, I'm doing this because there's something in reality that I'm avoiding. So what am I avoiding? What am I trying to avoid right now? And it will be a feeling. In reality, it will be a feeling. It'll be anger, sadness, fear. It could even be joy. Like today, with, are you okay if I share yeah, this? Sure. Yeah. We, so we were celebrating, I don't know, we were celebrating, oh yeah, the choosing work talk with Sophia and, and Sophia said, I'm afraid. And we kind of like, we're talking about it and, and Clinton said, are you using fear to hide your joy? She said, yes, I'm excited. I'm happy. This is what's really going on. And the fear is just this, this woman, you know, womanly version of having to be this scaredy little thing all the time. And instead of being, yeah, I'm damn, you know, excited about going into territory that I don't know anything about, but I, this is my edge. It's my edge. And so we can, you know, catch yourself and catch each other that you might even be blocking joy to put because you have to put on the show of being controlled and you're not wild and and ecstatic about your life somebody somebody wrote oh gabriella Fagundes. she wrote to me she said i'm going into a mind fuck about am i giving my center away to possibility management am i really doing what i want to do am i you know is this, am i pressuring myself and i realize that i'm doing this because i can't imagine that life would be so Relaxed and ecstatic. <laughs> I'm freaking out. My boss is freaking out that I could have this much fun in my life. And 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 the whole you know her her training is is this can't be. Life is hard. I have to work hard. You know, I 
I have to, is this, it needs to be painful. Otherwise I am not evolving. So she, she even moved the, the concept about, you know, life and whatever corporate industrial slave into her path of evolution. Mm. Like she, she thought the path of evolution was a corporate race to the top. (laughs) 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 So I I think there's immense joy and high level fun that's being, that's being crushed by, by getting off this reality. Like what is. Thank you. Everybody, please take a deep breath. Anything else about where we are right now? What is if the propeller blades turn the other way around? So what if I, as a man, see something about you, as an example, Linton, like the attention of of the woman I'm relating right now, if I see something like that. Yeah, I mean, the best that could happen is that the woman ends up in patriarchy. It is not a very cheerful outcome. It means the extinction of life on planet Earth. That's what you have accomplished. Anything else about that? You know, you've hacked the woman down to be a sex object, a possession, a slave, a, a servant in your house, a worker, somebody who gives, makes babies for you and takes care of them, et cetera, et cetera. If you accomplish in, in hamburgerizing a woman, that's the only outcome that you could create. It's not a very happy outcome. Any woman who allows herself, allows that to happen to her, has sacrificed being a representative of next culture. You know, she's she's agreeing to take down life on planet Earth, giving up on. I mean, I know that every woman in this talk has done that before. You've let yourself be insulted, degraded, possessed, etc., by an uninitiated, archaearchal, patriarchal, adolescent boy. Because you thought there was no other choice. I know every woman in here did that. I'm sorry about that. You know, the reason we're talking about this together is that we've discovered new options. And it's going completely as, as it needs to go. And it's leaving the men behind. Because the men have not done the work. The men have not taken themselves apart by themselves. So the women are building archaearchy and holding the bar, the entrance door for archaearchy where it really is in reality. They're, hold, they're standing at the door, say, here's the door. And the men are 12 levels down or 13 levels down and they can't even perceive the door. And then they say, well, you're abandoning me, poor little boy. Oh, you're insulting me. 
you stupid little boy. I mean, it's like, hello, the door is there. And it's a glorious new option. And if you're not going to make the effort as a as a male or whatever, as a patriarch, to step into the new territory, whose problem is that? It's your problem as a man. Okay, it's a good problem to have. Starts off with turning into hamburger meat, you know, going through the propeller blades. These are really clear metaphors and it's really, there's no place to back down from that. Make it nice or easy or understandable or rational or fair. It's not fair. It's evolution of culture. How do you think the Neanderthals felt when the homo, when the, whatever they were, the Cro-Magnons came along? You know, it's like that. So the, the way a Neanderthal changes into a Cro-Magnon is at the genetic level. And that's what we're talking about. It's reordering at the, at the mimetic level, fundamental reordering. That's what we're talking about. Stage one. So we, we divided this thing up into seven stages just to talk about it. Because it's so much. It gives us kind of steps along the way. And of course, in reality, there are no, st- there are no pauses. There's no steps. There's no even a particular order. But so it's not rational, but still we chop, we hack it up into seven kind of stages or steps just to have this conversation together. And I think it's valuable to do that. Go ahead. I just want to share it. But I feel such a lot of fear about the truth, what you share, what you said right now, Clinton. I feel a lot of fear of of my inner dedication and uh, to this thing on the one hand, and on the other hand, doubting myself whether I can do that or not. Thank you for sharing. Anything else about that? I want to share this discovery about love in patriarchy because I'm, I'm, I wrote an article about stepping out from the victim role. And the second part of my article will be about how I am chasing love in patriarchy. Like how actually the way that I, I learned to be loved. So in, in patriarchy to be loved, I need to do something. It's like I need to perform. I, I need to show something like to have a sh- to create a show and and now I, I it was a visual cycle because to to be loved I need to to do something and then if I'm not doing something uh, then I st- if I stop I don't have time to for example to receive the love because I I, I might do something so there's no this mo- there's no moment that I really can s- stop to receive something so receive this love. So this is like how how I am entering this this archaeological love. Like this is a, a lot in me for me. My research is a lot a lot about rage. How I can find ra- uh, love in rage, like really creating something and mm, having having structure to to connect life again in a, in another way. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marina. Anybody else something right now? Anybody in the peanut gallery here? Yes, I'm one of the things that I'm getting about what you just said, Marina, is <clears throat> that women are so enmeshed with men in patriarchy that this love that is named in patriarchy, it's it's enmeshment. And one of the things of moving into archaearchy is for women to use their anger to separate themselves from men and, and to become a, um, a unity. It's, the word is not unity. It's it, a person, a single person. And this is really scary because... Who, who is a woman without this enmeshment? So this is part of the discovery. And can I ask you something, Sonia? Yes. Uh, what would be an experiment to start noticing the enmeshment? One of the things that comes up is the experience in the Archiarchy Maker Fair. It's to withdraw your attention from men. Completely take off your attention from men. And go for two weeks without saying hello to men. Without even looking at men. And and sensing what, what's happening when you do that. And... And what comes up also is anger. Without the anger, it's not possible for women to notice their limits. Their, their limits, I'm not talking about boundaries. I'm talking about the, in, the individual limits. What is your physical body? What is your emotional body? What is your energetic body? What is your intellectual and your archetypal body? And everything is enmeshed in patriarchy. Boys with their mothers and then women with, with their partners because they are relating to their mothers when they are looking for a woman. And the same is happening with the women. They are looking for their fathers in the men. So there's this mushy thing going on in, in, in every interaction. So it's about taking up the anger and and living inside of your bubble and creating your culture inside of that bubble. And what does that mean? So, so this is the unknown. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else from anybody else right now? Go ahead. I did. I did a, a kind of phase one of that experiment after after being here 
last week and I, I was astounded at how much of my attention was going to men. I, I thought that I had been taking my center back from all kinds of everything and I was doing really well about that. And, and then I, I almost like I needed a new place to put it that wasn't only on my center. And I, I started realizing, whoa, I, I could shift, like just give my attention to a woman instead. Mm-hmm. And my heart started breaking about how often I've put men before the woman in my life. I've put, I've, I've given more attention to my friend's husband than I gave to this sister I had while I was raising my kids. And I lost her. I lost her because I put more attention on men. And, and when I think of the, the, the consequences I'm living in, I, I'm just, I, I think, you know, this is the war that's happening. This is, this is the war that's happening in the Holy Land that goes back to these women who couldn't get along, who wouldn't get along. And, and I think of how many women there are where I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that women want archiarchy. That, that, that women are, and, and how much we're waiting around thinking we don't have sisters is like such, it's such a sham and it's, it's such a way that patriarchy is working. And, and to shift my attention to the women in my life, to creating with the women in my life and just, you know, the men will do what the men will do and, and keep going, keep going. It, I'm so glad about this experiment. Thank you, Nicole. I want to share another experiment that I'm doing since the women's lab that is falling in love with women. And what I'm doing is that with every woman that I'm talking, I'm just noticing every single trait of their face, how how their, their hair is falling in their shoulders, how they are moving, how they are speaking. And I'm focusing my attention completely on the woman that I'm talking with. And and this is opening up new spaces in me while I'm with with another woman. And what I'm noticing is that something starts to beam from the woman. And before I thought that this would only happen with, with the man's attention, and now I'm getting that that's bullshit. So this is another experiment that women can try. It's to fall in love with other women. Consciously. Thank you. Thank you. And I also want to throw in this thing that I have, I have this idea that what started off with patriarchy was also this cut between the land and the women. Or maybe then it was men and women, but it's especially the women who are, I think, in a, a different way interwoven with all the beings outside. And, and that somehow with 
I think it was then part of the patriarchy to put all this need for connection and meaning and aliveness to have this idea that that could happen in one connection with one man. So that women are continuously hypnotized to try to find it there. And, and it becomes more and more apparent that it can't be found there. And, and for me, especially like, it's really this, it's, it's not only with other human beings, it's also with Gaia. This, this, this richness of connection. And I'm just enchanted by this, that I heard that if human beings put their hands into soil, then they have this hormone called oxytocin. It's, it's the same that happens when they connect with other people, like with cuddling and so on. It's this hormone. It's also when we put our hands into the earth. I think that's just, it blew my, my whole system. Thank you. Thank you, Eva. And there's also a book uh, that's called Everything About Love from, I don't know what's the if it's the title in English, but it's from Bell Hooks. And it's uh, talking about the romantic relationship between women and how that was like suppressed or dimmed down during patriarchy as like as a reference to what Sonia said about um, falling in love with women and that they're living together and without the the sexual part like it's not a sexual energy thing it's about falling in love with each other and live together thank you thank you all about love in english ah yeah thank you this morning, I cut open this fruit here in Bali. It's a sirsak or guanabana or graviola. It's different names in different cultures. It's an anona fruit. It's big and it's juicy. And really the only way to eat it is to cut off a big slice and lean over the sink, basically, and smash it in your face into it. <laughs> You have to just squeeze it and just smush it all over your face. And it, it's juice everywhere and seeds everywhere and string gets caught in your teeth. And it's just this amazing full experience of just eating this fruit. And most people eat with knives and forks and spoons. But there's this, this in terms of connecting with guy and putting your hands into it, it can happen a lot for us. And so... You don't have to eat with a knife and fork and a spoon. Just put your hands in it, your face in it. Like in the culture that we live in, in our in our bridge house here, which is part of archaearchy, it's it's uh, part of our culture is licking the plate. And so when there's good stuff like we had it this morning, there was this we had a had a bachelor's special, which is <laughs> baked beans and cheese and fr eggs, just all put together in a pot and cooked up and. You know, it's just this, this, uh, everybody was licking their plates afterwards. <laughs> and it was, and then just a couple of hours later, I'm sitting there at my desk and I, I look up out the window. And so I looked up because there was this large raven, a Balinese raven was checking me out and he was, it could feel it. And he was really checking me out at a being level. 
Now, Balinese ravens are big and they have brown wings, this kind of, um, it's a leather brown. It's kind of this light leather brown on their whole wing is solid brown and the rest of them is absolutely black. And he was sitting there moving his head really slowly, just looking at me and you're just connecting completely with me. And I had this five minute being to being connection with this Balinese raven. And it's like, okay, you know, this is also Gaia. This is also how that goes. And so I, I'm sure I had oxytocin from that. I mean, I had to get up and I had to get up and run tell and talk about, you know, God, there's this raven out here. And you know, as soon as I left, he flew away. But <clears throat> anyway, this there's many, many ways for that to go on in an everyday kind of life. So thank you for bringing that up, Ava. Well, all right, stage one, woman, meaning a woman, meaning each and every woman, meaning any woman, meaning you, woman, take radical responsibility for the space of relating. And I'm sure it's explained in there, but Maybe I should just read it first. Woman goes first into archiarchy. This is, this came out of the women's lab and huge long discussions and sharings and legends and talks and work talks at the archiarchy maker fair and video, you know, video interviews that people have been doing. And it came out of that. And And it boils down to, Woman goes first into archiarchy. Without knowing where you are going, yet being excruciatingly clear about what you are leaving behind, you cavitate and inhabit new space for yourself. For yourself. It's like Nicole was saying. You know, you leave your attention away from everything but yourself leave the men away and it's it's really a a whole new start to start over and it's an empowerment a radical empowerment i don't think archaearchy ever existed on earth before i think we weren't ready we didn't get there yet and so woman goes first into archaearchy without knowing where you are going yet and i stole this from a billy joel song just in case you think it sounds familiar. Without without knowing where you're going, but being very clear about what you're leaving behind, you cavitate. So Cavitate Space, there's a website called Cavitate Space, something we figured out last year, which is really the basis of possibility management. It was something I've been doing all my, basically all my waking life, but I didn't know it and I couldn't share it until recently. And then Chloe and I figured it out in Kos or someplace in Greece. And uh, we, we, so it's just really about declaring and opening up a space and then stretching it out and stepping in and zipping it up behind. And it only has the context that you, you, you declare, that you give it. You give that new space your context. 
And that means you have a bubble of space that's completely separate and isolated from everybody else's cultural context space around you. It means you're weird. It means you're different. It means you're radically responsible for the context of that space. So if it works, you win. If it fails, you lose and you start over again. So it's a radical, rapid learning space that you cavitate and inhabit. And you cavitate and inhabit new space for yourself using one of your three powers, which is called declaring. And you say, I cavitate new space in which archiarchy thrives. And then you step into that space and you're in a space. And holy shit, archiarchy is thriving in that space. I mean, if you stand there and if you actually let yourself experience it, it's really incredible. I mean, when I, when I do that, the first thing I want to do is start sharing it with people. But they're all walking around in bubbles of depression and suppressed rage and isolation and and self-doubt and patriarchal abuses, et cetera, et cetera. They're walking around in war, competition, money survival, like all these ordinary spaces. I go, there, there's archaearchy space. It's right here. This look right here. And they're going, shut up. Leave me alone. Like that. So, but it's still, if you don't do this, you cannot make patriarchy work better because it's already working perfectly. It's already making, so this is an entirely different space. I cavitate new space in which archaearchy thrives. And that's where this starts. That's where your radical responsibility for relating starts in archaearchy. It does not start in the shit, you know, what's going on between your parents. It does not start there. It does not start in television dramas it doesn't start in movies. It starts in the space that you cavitate and inhabit. And then you relocate your point of origin of your context into arc and relating space. So, all right, that's, that's how this starts. You surrender your original strategy, survival strategy of being adaptive to whatever space men present to you. Some people were talking about that already today. You surrender that. You just give it up and let it drift away like dust in the wind, like old leaves. You let it decompose behind you. You surrender it. You know, that's difficult to do because that's the only place you ever lived before. That's where you feel comfortable and familiar. And even if it stinks like horse shit and it doesn't work worth a goddamn nickel, you know, it doesn't work at all. You surrender it. You go, okay, I'm in new space. So you surrender your original strategy, being adaptive to whatever space men presented to you. And you declare, if you, the man, if you, or even women, if you, somebody else, if you want to be around me, I am the one holding space. I am the one holding space for the relating. Not you. I'm not going to wait around. I'm not interested in what your offer is. I'm making the offer and here's the offer and I'm holding space for relating. And if that does not work for you, this conversation is over. Might be a really short conversation. So you've got plenty of other things to do. 
It's, you're not a victim waiting around for some guy to get it. This conversation is over. We stole that line too. And Chloe, did you figure out where? It was said. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Any case, this conversation is over. It's a great line to memorize. It is not in your ordinary vocabulary if you are a patriarchal woman. You do not, you're not allowed to have that vocabulary. So it's an Arkan vocabulary. It's an Arkan sentence. This conversation is over. This is my space. I cavitated this space of relating. I will navigate it. What exists in this space are my distinctions and my rules of engagement. This is your game world that you're for relating. If we relate at all, it will be on my terms in this arc and relating culture space. End of conversation. That's the offer. And if the offer is not met, this conversation is over. The space includes, like Sonia said, it includes all five bodies, which also includes the physical space. And to get it, that you move into a house and the bed, the master bed is your bed. It's the woman's bed. And the kitchen is your kitchen. And the living room is your living room. And the plants are your plants. And so the conversation is over can also very well be if you're not going to clean out, you know, your shaving hair from the sink, you can't use the bathroom. You not go shave your hair in a, you know, in the, in the, in the showers, the public showers of the, the swimming pool. Gas station. You know, that's not mm-hmm. even your problem. Where is he going to shave his beard? But if he can't, the offer is this, you know, the bathroom, the sink is an, is an Arkin, it's an Arkin space. And leaving your crap around, it just doesn't happen. How are we doing with this? I mean, Alice, I saw your kind of body shaking, kind of like, do you want to say anything about that? Yes. I I want to bring in, in, in the space. I'm, I feel I just exist of rage as if there's like already since a couple of days, almost, almost no other feeling. And yeah, this in the whole conversation we're already having since, since more than an hour, like so many things like land in, in all my bodies again and again. And like, as if since weeks, they land deeper and deeper and deeper. And like, right now I was shaking with this. Okay. And if I declare the bathroom, the kitchen, whatever, as, as also the, the arcane physical space, like, yeah, I feel, I feel fear to, to, to raise this question. Like, like basically I'm kicking man out of my physical space because it's not happening. And I'm with the question, like what, how can I cavitate our in relating space with not basically actually me removing myself 
physically. That's where I am. Well, she, what you're saying is you would have to move out. Yes. We're saying you don't move out. You own the space. See, see, you're still coming from the perspective of a patriarchal woman. You know, and this is radical what we're saying. And it's the doorway. It's just the doorway. It's only the beginning doorway. <clears throat> but if you're a patriarchal woman, then you go, oh, God, you know, he's paying rent. Uh, he was here before me. Uh, it's an apartment. You know, there's some kind of contract with the owner or he's the owner. Oh, I have to... I have to bow down to the landlord. I have to obey the, the landlord. And that's patriarchal culture. You know, in archiarchy, it's a joke to think that a human being can own land. It is a, a, a child's fantasy world. It's a joke. It's, a, it's irrelevant. And so this is thoughtware upgrade. It's to be, it's just, it's to research and learn and stand in what is archaearchal thoughtware. There's a website we're working on called 50 Thoughtware Upgrades. And it's enough to get you started. And, but just the, the, the idea that a human being can have a piece of paper, you know, that says that they are the owner of a piece of land and then, you know, to not be obliged to take care of it you know, to care for it as, you know, every teaspoon of soil has more bacteria than there's population of people on earth and thousands of species in healthy soil, you know, a cup of healthy soil has more creatures in it than the entire planet earth, you know, and you and you think that if you sign a paper and you're, you're not going to take care of that and that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely uh, naive. It's ignorant. It has no basis in reality. And so the rule of law of modern civilization, you know, includes, oh yeah, men can own land. It's a joke. And so, and so if you, you, that's where this starts. It starts with this kind of clarity about that, that modern culture thought word does not apply. And it goes that far. It goes to the level of the ownership of land, you know, or what country you think you belong in. You think it's, you can belong in a, in a country that has representative government? Has anybody here ever been represented in your government? It's a joke. There's no representative government. There's no, no group of people can make a decision bigger than 60 people. And after that, it's it's a hierarchical structure that's full of psychopaths, you know, playing power games. It's insane. And so stepping into archiarchy is a five-body transformation that includes your thoughtware. <clears throat> so you look around at your apartment. And you go, you know what? I'm going to recontextualize this apartment to archiarchy. Okay, how can you do that? You're not the owner. You go, huh? You're using really outdated thoughtware when you think that. Maybe you want to upgrade your thoughtware. And you know, this is my apartment. Why is it your apartment? Because I'm standing here and I own it. 
Because I'm taking care of it. What? I'm guarding it. Yeah, I'm taking care of it. I'm the... Is it custodian? What's the word? Steward. I'm the steward. I am stewarding this for the moment. You know, and I'll make it better for the next person. That's what I'm doing here. You know, when we're here in this place in Bali, and we already fixed two doors and we're, you know, putting in utensils that they don't have, et cetera. We're making it better for the next people. You know, and that's a completely different orientation. Yes, that's what we're talking about, a completely different orientation. And it's it's really empowering. And it and when you can hold your cavitate and hold and walk down the street in the space of archaearchy and you can interact with other people in a culture to culture conversation, which is a website called Culture to Culture. It's it's a set of skills that's very powerful in terms of respecting yourself, your own culture, as much as you respect the other person's culture, but maybe a little bit more you respect your own culture because there's a kind of arrogance that you have to have about seeing that they're using standard human intelligence thoughtware, which abbreviated is S-H-I-T. There's a website called that. And so if you want to, this is a, a really a game world change, a complete game world change. Same planet, new thoughtware. <laughs> that would be a great article. <clears throat> I mean, that's the title for the possibility management film. Same planet, new thoughtware. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I want to say something to Alice. What I what I'm discovering is that conscious anger has like not so many words, like Actually, there's like my archetypal body can move in, in in many dimensions. So when you are with your conscious anger, you you don't have to justify yourself or going to your this mental blah, 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 like this blah blah blah. There's like um, move. There's this movement that is like that is much bigger than your physical body moving moving. Like when you when you're setting a boundary. You're setting a boundary from your five bodies, not only with your mind or so. Yeah, this is an experiment for you. How you can stay with this anger that you are feeling right now and and stay with your five bodies and see what 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 your body wants to do. Like like just stay con- in connection with with this energy. Yes. Thank you, Marina. Yeah. In addition to that, yeah, I just want to add that it resonates so much because yesterday I was, I was with this like I I don't even have words like as if I cannot even say I'm angry because it's it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And in addition to 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 what you are saying, Marina, is one of the ways that women make themselves themselves small is because they don't own their energetic body. And a lot of women's clarity comes through the energetic body. And there's no explanation. There's no intellectualization in that body. And it's uh, uh, it's faster than snapping your fingers. 
so getting back to that and experimenting with i'm sensing this this is it and and radically relying on that without even letting an inch of doubt get into it's it's one of the ways to start exercising that muscle because most of the things that women are catching comes from that body but the main focus is on an intellectual body and a little bit on the physical body so then there's this this um this uh there's this tentative to justify what you're catching with the intellectual body and that's not the way it's it's radically relying on what's coming and and it's it's so quick and it can happen while you're cooking and the man comes behind you and you sense something and the work with anger is about that is about saying is is coming behind you and you sense something and you say back off or stop that and you don't need to know what it is but for that you have to take your energetic body back thank you thank you thank you sonia have you have you written this somewhere no will you yes thank you and i i also i'm in a liquid state right now about verbal reality and maybe it's also a possibility to to do an emotional healing process about the pain of verbal right verbal reality so yeah Yes. Anything else from anybody else right now about where we are right now? I just read the last part of the previous sentence. It's the woman speaking about the space that she cavitated and stands in. What exists here in this space my distinctions and my rules of engagement. If we relate at all, it will be on my terms in this Arkin relating culture. Great. So putting your newly formulated Arkin relating attention on a man, and I use the word man with quotes around it. I mean, so when I say the word man, maybe I should have written it more often in the article, but you have to see it with these little quotes around it. It's like that thing over there that has a male form and you got to call it something. So, but it's not an initiated, you know, adult man in the free and natural adult ego state. That's, you know, it's, it's that thing over there. So if you put your 
formatted, your newly formatted Arkin relating attention on that thing, immediately it confronts him with the qualities of his un, uninspected, patriarchally contexted relating culture. So you will be a confrontation off the charts. You will, con- you will confront the man beyond his comprehension, beyond his ability to even imagine the level at which he's being confronted. He doesn't even, he doesn't have the grooves in his brain, let alone thoughtware or distinctions to even comprehend what you're offering, what your, what your presence represents. And then you put that attention on him. He, he would go into a proper man would fall on his knees, put his head on the floor and say, start me over. Like something like that. Start me over. And so the only man who might say yes to your offer is if he is already on the path of the evolution of consciousness to that, to an impact, to a degree that's not supported in the patriarchy, beyond what the patriarchy can support. So he's already outside of the patriarchy to be able to see and accept your offer. Secretly and secretly, you know, the patriarchal man, you make this offer to him and you show up and you stand there with that kind of uh, perception. Like You scan the sloppily constructed unconsciously purposed, um, uninitiated inner mimetic construct that the, that the man is. And the woman sees all that and the patriarchal man swears to himself. Inside, he's swearing to himself, goes, no way. I don't accept that offer. I cannot accept that offer. Then I will not get to own you. This is all stuff that's going on in the man's head. I, I'm not going to... I won't get to own you. I will not get to control you, abuse you, play around with your body and your mind. You will not be my sex and errand slave girl. Who can I abuse then? I might have to change. And I'm terribly terrified of changing. I might have to face my underworld. And I don't even know what that is. And nobody I know knows what that is. You do not get to decide for me. I don't even know. What that is, a girl cannot teach a man to be a man. I am so scared of your proposal that I refuse to understand you. Women do not know how to hold space. That's a man's playground. I'm, And then there would be this attack, either attack or insult. It's just like that's, the, that's, what, that's what a machine. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a dog, a rabid dog, you know, a dog that has the disease called rabies that infects its nervous system and its mind to the point where it's slathering at the mouth and it will bite and attack anything. And that's what you're talking to when you confront it with your clarity of culture context for relating. Anything about that?
I realized when I read this part about swe- the men swearing last week, I completely kind of yeah, left it away or ignored it and couldn't read it because it really sucked my brain and, and, and like hurt my brain. I got headache from that and now I am able to read it without pain. So there's already a change in that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else, anything about that? I would add that I think it was mentioned in last week about, well, there's no men. Like the these men who have gone past the patriarchy to some degree on the path of evolution, where are they? And I think they're there. There's there are some, there are, there are some, I can, I would not be able to name his name. Well, that would be un, improper or something, but in terms of, this is not a desperate, hopeless possibility or like a fantasy world that we're offering of, you know, stage one and it's already collapsed because you can't make that offer to anybody. You know the the path stops, and and of course, as for a woman, there's many other dimension of holding space for archaearchy, like it's been mentioned here over and over again about also entering sisterhood. So, relating with the men is not the only thing that's happening in archaearchy. Far from it, especially from a culture sourced by women. But this is not a hopeless offer that we're making. I'm going to say what you just said from a different angle, okay? There's this agency called the Earth Coincidence Control Office. And and it's theoretical because I don't get tax bills from them. And I you know it's like, how can I prove the existence of the Earth Coincidence Control Office? I learned about it from John C. Lilly, who wrote about it in a book, and I read it back in the 1970s. And it, it didn't make so much sense to me back then. But these days, I'm living in an alliance with the Earth Coincidence Control Office. And so one of the things, you know, it's, it's the collected, it's the coincidence office. It's what arranges stuff to happen or not happen by coincidence. And so the stuff we're talking about here, if you cavitate and inhabit a a cultural space of archaearchy, you make yourself a lot more interesting to the Earth Coincidence Control Office. You have elements of possibility that other people don't have. And it will grab you by the scruff of the neck and take you out of any conditions that you're in and put you in conditions that you could hardly believe possible before and say, okay, there's a job for you to do. And I don't want to indicate anything, but I'm in this house in Bali with these three queen goddess sorceress women, and they don't hate me yet. I mean, they even... I even cooked breakfast for him this morning. And so there's a lot going on that is possible that most people can't even imagine. 
But imagine if you're the earthquakes and it's control office and a woman goes, she, she cavitates her survival strategy from the patriarchal empire and says, bring me a man. What's the earth coincidence going to control office going to do? It's going to give you one of those slugs, you know, one of these backdoor, I won't, I can get really descriptive. So, so, you know, it's going to not give you some, an interesting prospect. Why is that? Well, because it would be wasted because you not have, you have not earned it. You have to do not make yourself into a set of circumstances where different kinds of experiments could happen. And so this, what we're talking about is the woman has to go first because the men can't. It's easier for a woman to get out of patriarchy than it is for a man. So the men, the women, you know, you started a hundred years ago. The men haven't started. So you've got a lot going for you. So you have the chance to formulate yourself into something that's shaped in a way at your level of your being and your distinctions and your thoughtware and the space that you hold and move around in that can be made interesting for the earth coincidence control office. And then the, 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 the echo has a reason to put you in the, in, in the company of other kinds of men. Sounds a lot more interesting to be interesting to echo instead of being interesting for men. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the orientation of this is to up your game. Is to is to go into a new level of game of what are you up to really? You know, I walk down the street and Echo is at my shoulder and it takes my attention and puts it in a shop or puts it on a person or puts it on the person next to me or puts it on a space or puts it on a possibility or puts it on uh, the void, you know, and et cetera. And out of that, my day emerges. So, but it's a, I'm in the company of the earth coincidence control office ongoing. And it's a, it's possible for human beings to live that way because we're designed after the archetypal and we have agency in those domains. If we care to develop them, we can have agency in those domains. And that's what this is about. We're talking about inventing a new culture and inhabiting it through alchemy, through going first, through going through the propeller blades first. So that, and it's like that which can burn is not real. That which can get chopped up into steak tartare is not real. It feels real. You know, the blood stains all over the place are real, but it's not real. And so, yeah. Stage two. Are we ready for stage two? It's worse than stage one. <laughs> it all goes downhill from here, you know. Stage one was the good news. Yeah. All right, stage two. A woman, confront yourself as a patriarchal woman. So this is this is walking into your own propeller blades. <clears throat> and it involves self-observation and it involves listening to the feedback that you get from the universe. It involves looking at the results you can create. It involves entering this 
objective reality at the bottom of the V where you're not doubting yourself and you're not putting on the show. And it seems like there's nothing there because if there's something there, it will be left over from the patriarchy that you left behind. And so you need to really confront what you're bringing, what you're dragging along with you. It's like you have this iron ring around your ankle. You're trying to walk down the street with this iron ring and a chain, and you're dragging a, a dead man behind you. And it's the and you're dragging the capitalist patriarchal empire culture behind you as a burden, as a weight. And it's in you in terms of your context, your orientation, your thoughtware. Your the it's the filter that you naturally habitually unconsciously view world view the world and view possibility and view view everything through that and so you're, this is stage two is about now that you have entered you've created and entered an archaeological relating space you will be confronted with all the patriarchal parts that you still have with you there's this something that we drag along also from the patriarchy is psychoanalysis. Mm. It's trying to psychoanalyze ourselves as women. And we're really good at it, actually. And it's a really terrible skill to carry around because it's completely different from having clarity. But it, it can feel similar because it's about sort of distinguishing or you know, noticing and then the results, where the cause, the source, but the purpose is completely different. Because psycho psychoanalysis is try to hash it or try to understand it or try to make sense of it or try to like just in a way like just justify your result or justify your behavior because so and so and so and all of this happened to you when you were five years old and therefore you can be that. And that's, that is not the path of confronting yourself as a patriarchal woman. The path is the only purpose of gaining clarity about survival behaviors or patriarchal behaviors is so that they vanish. The clarity has the, has, it's this piercing through the, the fakeness of the survival. It's like, okay, that's fake. That's it. It has the purpose of numbing. What, uh, you know, as the purpose of numbing, for example. But And so I noticed uh, recently more, like in the spaces of possibility management, people sharing at length their survival strategy. And, and it, it really moving onto psychoanalysis, because it just comes back again and again as a justification for behavior. Instead of this, this is what I've been using for 17 years or 37 years. And, and now I have clarity. It's over. It is over. And that's what the clarity's power is for. It's just, I see it. It's over. And if it's not over, you're doing psychoanalysis. In a, in a way, it's this question when you have all this clarity, when I have all this clarity, what am I using it for? Like, where am I going with this clarity? Um, is it to keep it together as it 
was understanding how it is, like Aunt Chloe says, so that I can keep it and feed my gremlin or feed my box and and just keep going with with this how it always was. Or am I using my clarity to actually create something else? And I think what it's feeding a lot is this self-criticism. Mm-hmm. Beating ourselves up. You know, I'm not I see, I'm not I'm I can't cut it yet. I'm not an Arkan woman because because I have all this stuff going. And 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 that's that is patriarchy. The psychoanalysis, self-criticism, self-doubt is like the the observation you're using patriarchal observation towards your survival strategy so we're proposing a different it's a different technology clarity is a different technology and it will sound similar in some ways but the it's like Aunt Chloe said, the purpose is not to figure it out and understand it. The, the purpose is to as it it and transcend it. It's to just let it fall behind you. It was the way you got here. It is not the way you go forward. So the understanding is the cat is the element, the catalytical element that lets you let go of it. Ah, yes. You know, when I was six years old and this was happening and I decided this and I got this wound and I've been carrying it ever since and I projected and I have these, you know, these uh, resentments and I want to get revenge. Okay. I see the whole thing. And that just, and that just lets it slide into the past. You take a breath and you have a completely new start, start over. It's a start over. I've heard that word before. Mm. (laughs) I heard there's a game. I heard heard it became one word recently. Start over. X, Y, Z, X on the map. So first sentence of stage two is women. What is your underworld benefit for staying with or interacting with a patriarchal man? If you answer that question, it is not a pretty sight. Why would you, why are you actually even talking to them? Like, why are you, Granting them credibility. Why would you grant a patriarchal man credibility in any domain? Money, food, sex, any domain, power, anything. Why are you granting them credibility? If you are, you have a payoff. And you got to know what that is. Because that's going to be the catalyst for going somewhere else. It's getting what your payoff is. How much do you get to attack them? And your gremlin's going, yeah, well, a lot. I got all these reasons to attack them because look, they're doing this and not doing that. And like all these, and you're going to look at that. How much do you get to criticize them? How much do you get to betray the stupid patriarchal blobs? How much do you belittle them and badger them and insult them to their face and they don't even know it? Or how do you, how do you trigger that stupid aggressivity out of them for the sake of entertaining your own gremlin for the sake of because you're bored you're just bored and so you've got this robot machine in front of you you can push all these buttons that explodes and contracts and aggresses and goes sideways and freaks out and you're just playing with the thing abusing the thing because 
you got nothing else to do. What is your payoff? What is your underworld benefit for having any of those kind of interactions, any kind of low drama interactions that you're having with a patriarchal man? What is your benefit? Because you can run circles around them. You can run circles around them. In from archiarchy, there's nothing hookable. There's no trigger. There's no way for them to get to you if you're standing in an archaeological relating space. They're, you're in a different dimension. So anything that they're offering you uh, that sounds dramatic is irrelevant. It's like in a different from a different universe. It has a different frequency. It can't integrate. It can't even impact you in any way because it's it's out of a, a lower dimension. Whatever. So if you are triggered, if you are reacting, if you are granting any kind of credibility or legitimacy to a patriarchal man, you're getting a payoff. And and the point is, how clearly and extensively can you answer these questions? That will be part of your process. Stage two. It's stage two. It's your job confronting yourself is what remains in you of being a patriarchal woman, of one of the one of the characters in the low drama play that goes on for relating in patriarchy. It really is helpful to do it in company of other women who have known you or seen you in action. Mm -hmm. Put the poop on the table. Put the weapons on the table. Those are two websites, just in case you... Can you still hear us? Okay, Okay, great. Yes. So in that moment that you say, I hold space for arc and relating, in that moment, you immediately confront your own unconscious commitment to patriarchy. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm going to make a mistake. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, nobody will believe me. Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a problem. It's good. So all of, it, all of this stuff is going to come up about women being a, a second-class citizen, you know, about not deserving it, you know, about having a role that's defined by the culture where you 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 are not supposed to have clarity and power and being a, a source of alchemy, etc. So all that stuff is going to come out the moment you say, I hold space for arc and relating, and it will come up with you inside the bubble. And it will try to destroy the bubble from the inside. Your culture space bubble, it'll try to destroy it from the inside. You can feel it immediately. When I said that, when I read that paragraph before, I could see a lot of you were having that inside reaction immediately. So even before I finished a sentence, you had the reaction. Anybody notice that? Anybody notice that in yourself? Yeah. So this is your job. And it's great. It's good work. It's house cleaning. It is clean up. You know, if you take a stand for holding Arkin's relating space, it will, it's like shining a bright light on the floor from the side. You will see everything. Every little thing is dirt, slime, you know, drips of pineapple juice, whatever is on the floor, dead bugs, you know, dog prints. It's all there. And so it's good work. House cleaning is great. Internal house cleaning, everything you clean up inside of yourself, it, it 
it unleashes whatever energy it's sucking down. And it, it can take a year. Which, it can, would, huh? which would include really a gremlin transformation, obviously, and the decontamination of adult ego state. Because those will be the things that will block this, uh, what we were talking about before, this immediate as-ising of the survival strategy. The child ego state contamination, the parent ego state contamination, the gremlin ego state contamination is a huge block to this simple as-ising with clarity. Mm-hmm. And so as as much as you can decontaminate, the, the, the as-ising will be faster and more elegant and more smooth and it just will keep flowing. And this is where you will start uncovering your addictions. And addictions is pretty serious stuff. It takes a certain kind of work that we we really recommend, in particular, a thing called Violence Anonymous, VA. They have a Violence Anonymous team. There's a bunch of possibilitators already in this Violence Anonymous team. And it's they're doing excellent work. They're doing amazing uh, work that possibility management is not designed to do because the Violence Anonymous is a 12-step program. And it works with these 12 steps that have the power to transform addiction into the path, the path of evolution. And it's it's not about... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't say what it's not about because it's about everything. So I just, when you start noticing stuff that won't go away through an emotional healing process, it is probably an addiction. And just take it there. Just go, okay, here's this thing. And and just so many of 12-step programs, there's 250 different types of 12-step program for any kind of addiction. So it could be codependency, which would be relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. But it could also be a money scarcity, like an under, what is it called? Like the under earners. Yeah, under earners. Addiction to being in scarcity of money will interfere with cavitating arc and relating space. And, and uh, violence anonymous and whatever, there's plenty of different way, plenty of different ones, but to, you can find something that matches your, your addiction. And just go through the steps, just go through the work and get yourself a sponsor and go be in there and just, you know how to feel, you know how to inter-navigate. It will be so uh, more powerful for you to do this, that work, the 12-step work, than uh, other people who haven't learned inter-navigation yet. And so you may find yourself actually helping other people go through the work from sharing your inter-navigation skills. And at least demonstrating it. You just break out in rage and break out in fear and break out in sadness and joy in the middle of the process. And it's it's like you can hold space for yourself in that domain and then go through those steps. And this is, it, it's, yeah, and it's, if you don't do it, it will not be done. You would spend the rest of your life with the same addictive mechanism going on under your consciousness and it will just do what it's always done. So, it's part of it. And you will find that you will confront yourself as a patriarchal woman from the inside. I want to emphasize that another side of gremlin transformation, we never get to sit 
this before, but for me, gremlin transformation is really being transformation. It goes hand in hand. Is the, the, as the gremlin is transformed, the, the being starts to radiate more. And it's different kind of emotional healing processes and different kind of practices to occupy that new being space. And, and so what Clinton was saying is, you know, attacking, belittling, like entering any like degree of low drama with a man is because your gremlin is hungry. Okay, if you're going to stop that, you're going to feed, you need to feed your gremlin something else. And that, that food will come from high drama and that food will come from space holding and from writing and from being at risk and making offers and creating teams and going on journeys and building bridge houses and holding space for things you've never held space before. And, and, and that for me is if that work is not done, your gremlin needs to eat something. You will left, you know, starving your gremlin is not recommended as a path. It doesn't work. Yeah. And so there's, there's a huge amount of healing that it's, it's really this thing that's like the, the, as you take space, as you shine, like the shining, the light, like calling Arkin relating in your space or Arkin, um, archiarchy as your culture space, it will shine the light on the, on the shadow on your, on your underworld. And at the same time, it all, it will also burn things. It will also burn the things that you've already worked through and not quite shut off. And it, and it burns through it. And the more you stand at the edge, the more the burning is immediate. Just so you don't wait. And so the moment you say, I hold space for arc and relating, you immediately confront your own unconscious commitments to the patriarchal survival strategies, your tricks. You become aware of your, for example, of your brutal doubts about your ability to cavitate, hold, and navigate archiarchal space. You just doubt it. You doubt your clarity about what you truly want. You even doubt your clarity about your clarity. You doubt your clarity about your clarity. Meredith, what? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> This is my week. <laughs> Could you say more about that? <laughs> it's like the the instant I have I have clarity, then I completely cloud myself with doubting my clarity and maybe my clarity. It's just this. It's a, an amazing, amazing mechanism of really stepping to the edge of like, okay, this is clarity. Wow, this is it. And then, oh well, is this really my clarity? Is this and yeah, I've been watching it and it's, it's fascinating. What would happen if you just roll with it? Mm. Just roll with it. You, that would be the invitation for this next week. Just roll with it. Don't, you know, go like, go like get radically so reliant on your clarity. Just let it lead. Just roll with it. What were you you'll get the feedback either way. So you don't, you get it. You, you, you're doubting your clarity. You try to preempt the feedback. Uh. 
get the feedback. And most of the feedback is going to be go. Yeah, it's going to be go, go, go. And you're going to go, but who am I? But I don't know how, but what about if no more clarity comes? I'll be lost. I'll be out in some, you know, stark desert of, of used to be clarity. And now there's nothing. But there's a gap in clarity. You know, just roll with Go hypersonic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So find out your clarity about your clarity. An avalanche of your old thoughtware, your survival thoughtware, starts screaming inside of your head. No man will ever want to be with me if I am clear and powerful. Anybody ever think that? Okay. I will be alone. Everyone will think. I'm a bitch. People will say I'm hysterical or crazy. They will kill me like they did before. <laughs> Even the gecko is joining in on this side. I don't know if you could hear him. <laughs> gecko says, "Yeah, that's me, all right." <laughs> and then, and then, while the voice is cracking through your head, you know, with all this electricity and all this. Clarity, unclarity about your clarity, then your box, you know, your psychological construct undermines your courage. Your box says, well, if I cannot catch my gremlin or be adult at all times, then who am I to demand that the man grows up? I'm being unfair. I have no right to be so challenging and demanding. Only if I'm perfect. Can I make such a demand? So I must go work on being perfect myself first. <laughs> yeah. Then your gremlin starts complaining. Well, if I'm radically responsible and doing radically relating, who do I get to do low drama with? Huh? Who will I get to hate? I will starve to death. I can't go around hating and blaming and complaining. If I'm the one holding space, then I cannot be a victim anymore. I, who am I going to manipulate? I can't complain. I can't control. I can't take revenge. I lose my possibility for creating my favorite feeding frenzies with men. Suddenly you are faced with having to clean this gigantic mess up within yourself. And I'm just letting you know, it's not as gigantic as it looks. It's, it looks gigantic because it's in your face. You know, it's in your heart. You can feel this stuff in your nervous system. But it's this inner work. And, it, and you're on it. You are at it. You know, so that's the point where you can work with it. You know, if it's not clear and in your face, you, can't, you have to go hunt for it. But if you hang in there, if you, see, if you keep holding the arc and relating space and it keeps coming up, the, the heat of the clarity would like fry it. It will just burn it off. You just keep looking at it. And so you choose. You choose to stand in the arc and relating space and let this stuff just frizzle off and turn into ash and blow away with the next breeze. So We're about a minute. We have a minute. The insanely frightening thoughts rage on. Anyway, we'll get we'll come back to this. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's not going anywhere on its own, you know. <laughs> all right. So thank you all for being here. We'll be back uh, 
for season two, what's it called? Episode three. We'll be back yeah. next week. Okay. Same time. Any any last anything from anybody? Thank you for being here. Okay. All right. Give yourself a hug. That's what's great about living sausage. (laughs) Living in a bridge house. (laughs) Yes. 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 Nicole and Edna. Yes. All right, you guys. See you next week. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you.